A reading from Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. A call to persevere in faith. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now today's sermon theme is Worship and Prayer on the Frontline. And for those of you who were in the congregation earlier this year, you may remember that we spent several weeks looking at life on the front line and how we as a church are gathered together on Sundays and then scattered throughout the week. We considered how as a scattering community, wherever we are, whoever we are, whatever we do, we can make a huge difference in this world today. And in the final series, uh, final service of that series, we had the same reading as today. And it was Mark Fisher who spoke about how we can grow together as the people of God and encourage one another as we serve on our different front lines. I had a real sense after those five services that we needed to return to this topic of life on the front line later in the year and develop this theme in more detail. What, of course, I didn't know at that time was how much our front line would have changed. Some of you will remember that we had two diagrams which we used in January based on the idea that around 6% of the UK population met fairly regularly in a church building for worship as the church gathered and then spread themselves around the different neighbourhoods and, and workplaces as the church scattered. Just a few weeks after that, we found that all church buildings were closed. There has been no physical gathering of congregations since the start of lockdown. And yet at the same time, it is suggested from a recent survey by Tierfund that up to 24% of the UK adult population have accessed live stream or recorded church services or listened on the radio or television. And that represents a huge increase in those who are exploring faith asking questions about God, revisiting church in a different form. And some of you listening to this service today may be among those who have recently started to connect or to reconnect with worship. And so we now need to look at worship and prayer on the new front line of today's world. But first, let's take a moment to find out why the first Christians gathered together to worship and to pray and how it all began. Last week, of course, was Pentecost Sunday, often described as the birthday of the church, 
because that was the day when the church as a gathered community started meeting regularly. I can only touch on this very briefly now, but it seems to me that there are three main reasons for the first gatherings of believers. They gathered to recognise that they were different. Something remarkable had happened in their lives. They knew that Jesus was the Son of God, the Saviour of the world, and that they were called to live as followers of Jesus Christ, and that made an exciting and a positive difference to the whole of their lives. But as well as gathering to recognise they were different, they gathered to remember the Christian story, to read the scriptures, which for them were the Old Testament, to share in bread and wine, which spoke to them especially of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then most importantly, they gathered to receive God's empowering. Something happened when they met together. Again and again, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, equipped to share the good news of Jesus Christ wherever they went. So those early believers gathered to recognise that they were different, to remember the Christ Christian story and to receive God's empowering. But what about us today? Hebrews 10 and verses 24 and 25 in the message paraphrase says this. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding to worship together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Now, maybe that wasn't written with coronavirus in mind, but it was indeed in a context where there were different pressures on those early believers, which did make meeting together very challenging. And we too find ourselves in an unusual situation today for a completely different reason. So what does meeting together mean for us now? I want to briefly explore, explore four aspects of our meeting together, which are all so very important. And first to say that connecting as a congregation is part of our covenant commitment to Jesus Christ. It's not an optional extra. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, we read that the early Christians devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And Hebrews 10 verse 25 tells us not to give up meeting together. But you say, it's been almost three months since we were able to gather physically together, so what can we do? Well, as you're listening to this service, whether it's at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, on YouTube, or later in the day, or on a CD or a DV that you've received, at this moment in time, you are linking up with the Christian community at Shirley Baptist Church. Now, some of you may never have been to our building for a service before lockdown. That is wonderful. It's great to have you as part of our community now. You belong as much as anyone who is very familiar with our physical gatherings in the church building. Others of you will have very clear memories of gathering in the church building and may find this way of gathering quite strange. But you're still part of the same church family. Now it's true, of course, that there are many other services online which you could listen to. In the world of media, choice takes over and you can now choose from a massive range of online services. Francis and I do that most Sundays. We listen to this service 
and then we listen to another congregation. We enjoy it and we're blessed by it. But I want to suggest that that is not the same as connecting with the people who we primarily belong to. And so to those of you who are members of Shirley Baptist Church or regular attenders in our congregation, wherever else you might go to visit on a Sunday in online worship, do keep connecting with your home church. Because this is a moment when you're not just meeting with God, but also connecting with your Christian brothers and sisters in that covenant commitment, because we do belong together. And then secondly, to say that listening to an online service is more than watching a television programme. Those of us who are involved in preparing online worship have exactly the same aim as when we prepare for physical worship. That everyone who gathers will be drawn into the presence of God, enabled to worship and to pray, comforted and challenged by the truths of God's word, brought to a place of spiritual encounter and equipped to go on to live a life that is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that is what we're doing when we come to worship. That's what we aim to do in our church building and it's exactly the same as we come now in our homes, in front of the television, laptop, iPad, smartphone or whatever device it is and when we gather together to listen. It can be hard to achieve, but we strive to make these moments as meaningful and as accessible to everyone as we possibly can. Now, one of the weaknesses of our current form of worship is that there's no interaction. You cannot see who else is there. You cannot text a message or write a prayer request. And these are genuine deficiencies. And I want to try and redress, redress that balance a little bit by adding to these services a different time when we can meet in a more interactive way to talk and pray together online. And I'll say a little bit more about that at the end of this service. But the advantages of this form of worship is that you can listen when you like, you can wear what you like, you can be totally anonymous if you wish. And if today you're visiting us anonymously, then you are very welcome. Stay online and let God speak into your life now. Because the most important thing for all of us is that we come expecting God to speak. Allowing your life to be different because you've met with Jesus today. We're doing something far more profound than listening to an audio or watching a video. And the third thing I would want to say is that whether our gathering is physical or digital, with audio or video, Christ is at the centre. The earlier part of our reading is all about Jesus. Because of him, we are able to draw near to God with a sincere heart and with confident faith. Old Testament worship was full of barriers. It had to be at a particular place, maybe at the altar or in the temple, and it involved a particular person, the priest, and it needed a lot of rituals. But now we can all come right into the heart of God's presence. And Jesus himself said that where two or three come together in my name, I am there in the midst. You're watching this in so many different places today. And you're a wonderfully diverse group of people. But today you and I 
come with just one purpose only, and that is to come right into the heart of the presence of God. Some of you may have seen the emotional clip on Breakfast TV on Wednesday morning. It was the story of a nurse who was working on a coronavirus ward and therefore decided that during lockdown her own children should be cared for by her sister and husband while she remained in isolation. And the clip captured the moment of reunion two young girls reunited with their mum in a deeply emotional scene of warm embrace. God, our Heavenly Father, longs to gather you into his arms right now, to welcome you, to bless you, to guide you and to equip you. And finally, and most important of all, our worship and prayer today is not just limited to when we meet but it extends to the whole of our lives. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, writes about offering your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. I recently came across a memorable quote from Professor Wolf, a Croatian scholar now teaching in the United States. And he said this, there is no space in which our worship should not take place. There is no time when it should not occur. There is no activity through which it should not happen. All dimensions of human life are the temples in which Christians should honor their God. Just stay with that for a moment. No space in which worship should not take place, no time when it should not occur, no activity through which it should not happen. Turn that into the positive. Every space, every time, every activity is part of your worship to God. That makes for a true spiritual adventure.